for Zion's sake I will not keep silent for Zion's sake I'll not hold my peace Welcome to For Zion's Sake Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue a theme that we started on Monday. And that theme really is centered in Hebrews chapter 3, the first six verses. So if you have your Bibles, join with us. We're looking at the third chapter in the book of Hebrews, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was in all his house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses by just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Junie, these verses are pregnant. They're so powerful. And I pray that you and I, as well as every one of our listeners, can really have something imparted to us. Even when we read the first verse, that is such a significant introduction to what the Word of God is speaking to us. It says, First off, it says, holy brethren. This, of course, the book of Hebrews was written to the Jewish believers in the first century, but this has application to every believer alive today and who has been alive before and will be alive in the future until the Lord returns to the earth. Jesus, it says, the Son of God is not ashamed to call us brethren. We are family. We are one with him. And it's not just a family, but it's a holy family, holy brethren. And why are we called holy brethren? Because we are partakers of a heavenly calling in and through the Messiah, Jesus. And this is powerful. And I think if we can come to the realization of who we are from God's perspective, not from how we look at each other and ourselves, but we are part of a heavenly calling Because we, as born-again believers, have been made holy. God says, be ye holy as I am holy. And we, our holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling. I pray that can sink into all of us. Because that would change the way we live, the way we talk, the way we act, 
the way we look forward to what the future has. So let it be. When we think of holy brethren, heavenly calling, and partakers of that heavenly calling, I don't think most of us really, as Hebrews says, consider Jesus, who Jesus is, what he has done for us, and that he lives in every believer who is born again. Everyone who gives the Lord their heart, he dwells within them, the spirit of truth. So we see if someone is walking and living in the spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to change our mind and give us the mind of Christ, not to allow our flesh to rule us, but the Holy Spirit. And we're experiencing adverse treatment or we receive news that an unwed child of ours is pregnant or we receive news that one of our children is an alcoholic. How can we overcome our flesh and our own soul, what we think and feel, only when we consider Jesus and we call out to Jesus and ask him to give us wisdom, ask him to strengthen our souls that we might in word and deed be partakers with him in this heavenly calling, that he could call you and me his holy brethren, because we are being Christ-like. We can try to act that way, but only humans can do so much. But when we really give him all that we are and all that we have, I want every listener to hear, because it's really the truth, he can bring you through anything. And that's what the scriptures show us with the prophets, with the apostles of old, with the first century church, with martyrs today in countries where men and women and children are losing their lives because they live a heavenly calling and they're called holy brethren. So we need to consider Jesus and then begin to ask the Lord to transform us and revive us that we might live holy lives. It's interesting that you emphasize the fact of considering Jesus, June, because the word in Greek basically means how we have to see things, not through the perception of our eyes or just natural senses, but it's to perceive with a thought behind it. It means to discern, to apprehend, and fully understand. And why is there such an emphasis? There needs to be such an emphasis on a heavenly calling. First off, heaven is our uh, eternal destination. And right now, as we walk on earth, the Father and the Son are seated on God's throne in heaven. And the Holy Spirit came down from heaven to deliver us 
from our bondage in sin and the way we live before we knew him. But even as we are walking on earth, our citizenship is in heaven. So we need a heavenly understanding as we go through this life. And we need to understand that it's, it almost looks like, Junie, whatever Moses did was a kind of foreshadowing of what Jesus did. For example, um, and for our Jewish people, you know, Moses was esteemed so greatly. But M- Moses brought the law by faith, he delivered the people out of Egypt. And Jesus not only gave us the law, but he wrote the, he's put the law written in our hearts and he delivered us from the bondage of the, of the way we used to live. So people can compare Moses to Jesus, but we see through the book of Hebrews that Jesus was far greater than Moses. In fact, Moses was just not another prophet. But listen to what the word of God speaks, what God himself spoke to Moses in Deuteronomy 18.18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren. I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command them. And it shall be that whatever, whoever, will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I myself will require it of him. What an introduction and a preparation for the for Jesus to come and be the high priest and apostle of our faith. And yesterday we saw that uh, God was speaking in this portion of scripture about a house. Um, for every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Moses was faithful in his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. Again, so um, Moses did according to all that the Lord commanded him. So he did, it says in Exodus 40, 16, which, which means God gave specific instructions how to build the tabernacle. And Moses did according to the word of God. But we see now that God is building a greater temple. We are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, because it says we are that house and that house is being built by Jesus. So we need to understand the enormity of how great Jesus is. And as you said, we need to consider him. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, You also as living stones are being built into a spiritual house. Who is the builder of that house? That builder is Jesus. So it's really powerful, Junie, and I pray that we can all get hold of this. And all that God is, his mind, his will, his attentions, his desires, all that is within him occupies this house, and we are that house. So let's go on. Um, we are called to endure till the end and only a remnant will endure till the end. And we see only a remnant came out of Egypt into the promised land. It was uh, Joshua and Caleb because they had of another, they were of another spirit. Matthew twenty four thirteen says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. And I believe, Jenny, what you said when you were speaking before, The issue is, are we considering Jesus in everything? 
He is the apostle and high priest of our confession. May we begin to confess him and live accordingly to that confession. It says in Luke 9:62, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. In in Revelation 3:21 we read, to him who overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and I and sat down with my father in his throne. Junie, we have to have that heavenly view. We cannot survive living on earth with, a, with an earthly view. We must have an heavenly view and realize that we are holy brethren of Jesus. In Psalm 125, verse 1, we read, Those that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. It's so powerful, Junie, and I pray that every one of our listeners could get hold of these words because I believe without a doubt these words could change our life and make us strong confessors, believers, and demonstrators of who a Messiah is. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for Moses as great as he was. You are so far greater. So, Lord, I pray that we truly understand that you have made us holy brethren and are partakers of a heavenly calling, and he that endures to the end shall be saved. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program has been brought to you by the Psalm 127 Fund.